Steelers by the Lake Podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host, Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you on this fine Friday evening? James, I'm good. You want to know why I'm good? You, I'm actually fantastic on this Friday. I'm fantastic <laughs> because it's a fired Friday. Because Matt Canada <laughs> was fired, James. Uh, how are you doing, sir, on this fine Friday evening? Oh, not bad, man. Not bad. Spent a lot of time with family the last two days. You know, the wife's side of the family yesterday, mine today. Um, Got to see my aunt and uncle. Shout out to Ron and Chris Brummagen, Chrissy Brummagen. They bought me this awesome, awesome shirt. I really hope that everyone watching this on YouTube gets that reference because it's (laughs) it's the it says haters silence. I kill you. And if you don't know what that's from, it is from a comedian and ventriloquist um, who does stuff. Uh, Jeff Dunham is his name. He's a great yes. guy. Uh, and that Hilarious, guy, dude. And, his, and what's that name? Ahmed? Ahmed. Ahmed. The terrorist. <laughs> the dead terrorist. <laughs> yeah. He sings yeah. that jingle bombs, jingle bombs, <laughs> jingle all the way, whatever it is. I know the words of that. I just can't remember right now. Um, but yeah, so James, we have exciting news on this fine yes uh friday and that is that the pittsburgh steelers actually went ahead and did it uh they fired matt canada they said sorry they relieved oh cheers to that my boy cheers, <laughs> to that. You, the, cheers. you have your i don't know what that is what is that we have to hit the camera this here is this year this episode an amino energy Very nice. energy drink i got the yeah. pear cinnamon red bull Drastically overrated, by the way. Pear cinnamon? I, I think it's pretty yeah. good. I, I think it tastes not, very similar to the last one they had that was pear-related. Um, yeah, but it was just pear, and I didn't taste the cinnamon at all. I, I There's very faint cinnamon in that. I'm not going to lie. It's it's mm-hmm. it's not strong enough or as strong as I would like it, but it is faint. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to talk about this. Um, exciting things. Again, we hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving and a good time spent with family, friends, and relatives and all that. You ate some good food. Hopefully, you're still uh, eating leftovers because that's, I mean, that's the highlight. Am I wrong? <laughs> it's the day after when you got food. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk real quick. Steelers fired Matt Canada. What does that mean yes. for the Steelers? What does that mean moving forward? What does that mean for uh, the guys taking over? Because it's technically not one, it's two. And then on top yes. of that, what does it mean for Kenny Pickett? So a lot of talking points here with this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about where this is going to go. Uh, we talked before that if Matt Canada were to be fired, uh, the rumor out there was that Mike Sullivan would be the one that would likely take over, who is the current quarterback's coach. Mike Sullivan will be calling the plays on Sundays. But the interim offensive coordinator is running backs coach Eddie Faulkner, which I'm very excited about, honestly, uh, because he's done an excellent job in the running back room. Uh, his tutelage, you've seen the natural progression of people. You've seen Jalen Warren go from a undrafted rookie free agent who had problems fumbling the ball uh, to what he is right now. And we're going to go into his accolades after we talk Matt Canada. Uh, but he's getting some pretty serious accolades right now and deservedly so. Yep. Uh, so I think this is great because Eddie Faulkner is going to get the responsibility of Monday through Saturday breaking down the film, coming up with a game plan, installing the offensive plays that will be used that week. 
uh, in getting a game plan together. And then the more experienced play caller, which is Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach, who once again we talked about he has a resume as an offensive coordinator with two different teams in the NFL, uh, has not had a lot of success doing so, but I can't imagine he's going to be any worse at it than Matt Canada. Uh, Also, Eddie Faulkner has experience in the college ranks as an offensive coordinator, and at one point in time was an interim head coach for a college whose head coach got fired midseason. Uh, so he's got experience with play calling and he has experience uh, with being a head coach. So I love it. I think Eddie Faulkner might be the long-term solution for Pittsburgh, uh, but we're going to see how this goes. And I imagine it's going to go better than it has been going. Well, I mean, that's all we can ask for <laughs> at this point. It, it's just, <laughs> if it can be better. And I, you know, the players were very distraught at the end of the last game. I don't want to say distraught. It, they were down. They were, stressed, they, were, man. they were beat down. They were depressed almost. Um, listening to Kenny's interview, listening to Najee's. I finally got the chance to listen to Najee's and watch his interview. Mm. And he just was not having it. He's like, they asked him about yeah. the team. And he's like, I don't want to answer questions about anybody else. Ask about me. And uh, yeah. Which and was, they had asked him previously about if he thought everybody on the team was a team first player. And he yep, said, no. That's, that, that was the that's question very, that I thought he said. Don't ask questions about other people. Ask questions about me. He ended up deflecting. Yeah, but oh. yeah, he yeah. Gonna yeah. be gonna be interesting to see how the team rallies from this and how they, uh, you know, I I gotta imagine there's a lot of energy in that locker room, and on the practice field just to be excited that the team did something. So and moved on from a guy that it seemed like was just not a popular person in the locker room, um, and I get it, you know if. If the play calls over and over, putting you in a situation where it's extremely difficult to win, and then you're getting beat up in the the uh, position room all week long about why aren't you doing better, and you feel that a large portion of why you're not doing better on the field is because the play calls are putting you in a, in a position that makes it extremely difficult to win, well, then you're not going to be a big fan of that guy. That's just the way that works. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm really curious how those meetings went and how those like when they're watching film, like what do you say to Najee like when he gets beat and or when he gets tackled in, in the backfield, like he gets hit before he gets the ball handed to him, basically. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Yeah. Like, oh, man, you got you got to push that guy off you. No, you can't. And what do you even say? It's got to be blocked better. It's yeah. got to be blocked better. I think I almost think it needs to be schemed better. Uh, we talked about that yeah. a lot with that kind of the difference between Jalen Warren and Najee. But again. I don't want to go too far into this because we, there's a lot more to talk about as we prepare for this Bengals game upcoming. And quite frankly, I'm ready to just move on from the Matt Canada era and, and mm-hmm. look to brighter days and greener pastures. Um, but man, I'm hoping that it turns out better because there's heaven forbid, hope this doesn't happen. Knock on wood. There's a chance. This is just as bad. There's a chance, very slight chance. This is worse. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful to see what they can do moving forward. I think that new coaches are going to say are going to be very open to the players' involvement in play calling and stuff like that because the players have been like, hey, these aren't haven't been working because of this, this, and this. And at least I'm hoping the players are smart enough to say why the things aren't working. So we'll see moving forward. The offensive line is fairly young. The skills positions all around are incredibly young. Um, so I'm hopeful to see this have an improvement, even if it's just hey go play backyard football like Big Ben used to do. <laughs> I don't see that yeah. happening, but I would enjoy seeing that again. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. So we're uh, in 
in wrapping that up, basically, we're excited about it. We're optimistic about it. And I think the players are going to be really excited about it, too. Uh, so another thing to be excited about in this upcoming week is the Steelers made yet another transaction. We told you after last week's game about how Pittsburgh went out and signed Miles Jack uh, to their practice squad. Sounds like they're going to try to work with him and see what kind of shape he's in, see if they can get him in game day shape. Uh, he hasn't been playing this year. Yeah, so, he was retired. Uh, who, who knows? Yeah, he was officially retired. Um, they went ahead and signed Blake Martinez off the practice squad from the Carolina Panthers. And Blake has a lot of starting experience in the NFL. Uh, and between him and Miles Jack, I read that there is 1,300 career total tackles between these two guys. Dang. Um, and he's got experience as a team captain also uh, during his tenure with the New York Giants. Yeah. Uh, so Blake's been around the block, and uh, I'm excited about him. And I think that he honestly has a chance of playing a ton in this upcoming game uh, because I think that it's pretty transparent that they didn't feel like they got enough out of Michael Walker in that game. And I would agree uh, if you play an entire game as a middle linebacker and you only get two assists, it's just not enough. Yeah. And uh, so I think, yeah, this is, this is bare minimum a guy that'll get you those four or five tackles and be where he's supposed to be. Yeah. And, and James, you even mentioned this before the show. Uh, Blake Martinez had the option to go to the Panthers 53 man roster or sign with Pittsburgh because they were trying to bring him up. Now, I don't know if that was a react reaction move from us attempting to sign him off there. It's quite possible. So it, either way, he probably just like you said before the show, when we were talking, he probably sees that this is a better chance for him to have a potential starting position again on an NFL team. And it's not going to mm -hmm. be a short term thing. I mean, at bare minimum, the rest of this year, if you win that starting job, absolutely barring another injury. Um, yep. So Blake Martinez has a great shot here. I, I almost don't expect Miles Jack to have anything with us. I just felt that he, it was such a, it was such a bad experience when he was here, in my opinion, with, with mm -hmm. him being beat all the time, um, or the majority of the time to the point where he, he retired after playing with us, right? He didn't go sign anywhere else. If no. I'm not mistaken. Or no, he, he went to the Eagles. Well, then didn't, didn't yeah, he retire he, like mid season or something. No, it was like after the preseason. Okay, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he tried out for the team. It didn't work out. It was clear he wasn't going to make it, and they moved on. Now, to me, the Miles Jack experience was going well until he suffered a groin injury, mm -hmm. uh, and then he just couldn't move out there. He couldn't change direction. He couldn't cover people, uh, and it was very obvious. He was doing his best to play out there, uh, but he just didn't have it, um, and a middle linebacker, if you're playing with a groin injury, forget about it. You're just going to get juked up all day long. Uh, and that's exactly what was happening to him. Uh, so I think that maybe a fully healthy Miles Jack should be able to move better than what he was moving for what we saw in the second half of the season, maybe even longer than that uh, in his most recent stint with us. Uh, so I don't know. I don't think they're going to rush it, though. You know, I, I think they're going to run with what they've got. I think that. They're okay with Mark Robinson on special teams. He makes a lot of plays there. Yeah. Blake Martinez should be able to contribute on special teams as well. And I think you put Blake out there in passing situations and maybe use Michael Walker in running situations, kind of like what they were doing with Landon Roberts and Quan Alexander, where Quan was more of the passing down guy and Landon was more of the rundown guy. I think they might kind of go that rotation. Uh, still disappointed that Mark Robinson's not going to get a chance. 
Yeah. Uh, but there's yeah, there's got to be more to that story than we realize because uh, they're just signing guys off the street over and over and over and playing them over Mark Robinson. So, Which it just doesn't make sense. Why have they got on the team if you're going to put other people in? Unless it's strictly special it, teams. Unless it's strictly it's a long-term teams. project. I think that they they look at it and they say, hey, this kid got to play middle linebacker for 10 games in college. All of his college career previous to that, he was running back. In high school, he was running back. Like He doesn't really know the position yet. So I think they're trying to bring him along as slow as possible with the intent of not ruining him. Because if you throw him out there and he gets overwhelmed, he may never develop. Yeah. And if you do it with a guy that's got such a huge learning curve, cause he is trying to learn so much. Like I saw a clip today of a middle linebacker drill where they're hitting a blocking sled. And after Mark did his rep, the coach came back through and corrected his hand placement on where he was hitting the sled, had him do it again. He did it again. And he said, all right, now you're playing linebacker. And that just goes to the, the, like the mentality of there are so many little details that he needs to be coached up on to be, technically and fundamentally sound as a middle linebacker that he's just still learning. And I think it's, it's purely that they see potential in him and don't want to ruin it by just throwing him into the fire. Fair. Fair. And with that being said, do you want to know who we do see potential in and has been pretty much thrown into the fire? (laughs) (laughs) None other than our own Jalen Warren, man. Woo. I don't even know where to start. He's winning left and right. Let's talk about the first award, which is the FedEx Ground Player of the Week. Uh, so he did take that home for his performance last week against the Cleveland Browns. What was it, nine carries for 112 yards or 120 yards or yeah, something crazy like that, and a touchdown, a 72-yard yep. touchdown run. Uh, just had an incredible performance against the Browns. Uh, he also won the Angry Run of the Week Award. Uh, so he got that trophy. And by the way, I don't have this written down, but I just recently heard this on another podcast, so I'm going to relay it. Uh, Our kind folks over at Steelers Depot supplied this gem. He is leading the NFL in the last three weeks in yards rushing with over 300 yards rushing combined in those three games. Dang. Number one running back in the NFL. Wild. And he only got nine carries last week. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like he gets a. It's not like he carries the workload, anyways. No, he doesn't get a lot of carries. I don't think he's ever hit fifteen in a week. It's like ten to twelve carries is pretty much his max every week. Yeah, and, and he's, he's leading the NFL with that. He's only what? What did I say? Six yards behind Najee. Najee has four hundred ninety-nine yards rushing. Yes. He has four hundred ninety-three. Yep. So, and it's like eighty carries versus one hundred and twenty-two carries. One hundred twenty-eight. One hundred twenty-eight. There you go. There you go. I remember that. I remember the breakdown. <laughs> yeah. um, crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, but exciting to see Jalen really starting to pop. We speculated that at the beginning of the year that there's a potential with what we had seen previously from last year with Jalen Warren for him to surpass Najee Harris. Yep. Uh, and I even went as far as speculating that they probably will not pick up the fifth-year option on Najee if Jalen continues to ascend. I think that's exactly what's happening now because – I think by next season, there's not going to be much of an argument to be had. Jalen's going to be the clear number one running back on the team, and at which point you don't pick up a fifth-year option on a backup running back. So, so even if even if this, you know, fire Matt Canada, get different offensive guy in there, and Najee has more success running now, 
I mean, I, I kind of expect him to continue an upwards trend and have have more success as he's been having uh, for the most part the last few weeks as the season's gone along. Just like last year, the season went along. He got better as the season went on, yep. uh, kind of wears down his opponents. He's a, a bruiser of a running back. Uh, but in the end, he's never going to be the guy that breaks off a 72-yard touchdown run. That's fair. That's fair. Now, if you go back and look at that touchdown run, it shouldn't have happened. The, the safety made a horrible read on the play and bad angle but still um but george pickens is downfield blocking too and it takes wide receivers blocking you know uh, on that play i didn't even get a chance to say this in the monday recap show uh, but mason cole was like 30 yards downfield throwing a block like showing extreme hustle and boy the guy really tries you know i hate that i talk as much trash on him as i do because he really struggles in pass protection sometimes mm-hmm. but on that particular play he was hustling his butt off like 30 yards downfield sealing somebody so they couldn't get jalen warren and it was an amazing job by him the nasty we've been looking for james the nasty <laughs> yeah. we've been looking for um <laughs> So yeah, we're excited to see what happens with Jalen. Feel free to comment on the video on YouTube or message us directly on on social media. Let us know what you think about the Jalen Warren Najee Harris battle. Uh, if you think they should go with Jalen, if you think they should pick up the fifth year option, we'd love to talk about it. Talk about your opinions on the show. Uh, with that being said, we are going to transition into looking towards the Bengals. We're going to talk about the injury report first before we break down the Bengals roster, and then also go over our three keys to success in winning this week against the Bengals. James, you want to talk injuries first? Yeah. Yeah, let me pick up with the Steelers. So George Pickens showed up on the injury report this list this week with a shin injury. Didn't participate Wednesday, was limited Thursday, full on Friday. He will go. Uh, Patrick Peterson got some days off, non-injury related. Same with Levi Wallace. Micah Fitzpatrick with that hamstring, unable to practice all week long, not even limited. He'll be out. Uh, James Pierre has a shoulder injury, was limited all week other than yesterday or today, I should say, on Friday, where he did not participate at all. They're listing him as questionable. I'm hearing he's a likely to play. Um, Nick Herbig, the backup outside linebacker with a hamstring issue, issue, limited both Wednesday and Thursday, full on Friday. Expect him to be ready to go. Montrevious Adams with that ankle injury. Limited all week long and officially out. Uh, So he will not be starting once again. Starting left guard Isaac Siamalu uh, got a couple days off for rest. Uh, Same with Cam Hayward. They're calling it rest slash groin. This is just what it's been since he's come back. They haven't forced him into full participation in practice all week. They're trying to rest it enough during the week so that he can get back to 100%. Uh, I have a feeling that the groin will not heal all the way this season. Yeah, it's not looking like it, and especially with how hard he plays and the position. The position that he plays. The position he plays is going to just completely Yeah, people are pushing you from all directions on every play, so you have to use your groin. Yep. Um, Time to look at the Bengals injuries. We have a lot listed here, my friend, (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Um, Only one is non-injury related. It was an illness to the defensive end, DJ Reader. He is expected to play. Uh, quarterback Joe Burrow with a right wrist injury is already listed as out. We already knew that going forward. He's out for the season at this point, is if I'm not mistaken, correct? Correct. Did he have to get surgery on that? Yeah. So uh, T. Yeah. Higgins, wide receiver, is also listed as out with a hamstring injury. That's huge. Uh, Cam, that's t- enormous that's, for us. So is Cam Taylor Britt, cornerback, out with a quad injury. 
um, already listed as out. And then you have two questionable guys here. You have Chase Brown, a running back with a hamstring injury, fully participated all week long, but still listed as questionable. And Jermaine Pratt, linebacker, out with an illness listed as questionable. Um, didn't participate most of the week. Or excuse me, maybe he got ill. It, it appears he got ill either Thursday or Friday uh, and didn't participate Friday. So we'll see what happens there. And then another player who's doubtful is Dante Smith, the offensive tackle with a knee injury, uh, is doubtful to play. Then you have a handful of other guys listed here. Uh, you have Akeem Davis Gaither, linebacker with a knee injury, limited most of the week, full today. Uh, BJ Hill, defensive tackle with a knee injury, limited participation most of the week, full practice today. Sam Hubbard, another defensive end for them, uh, listed with an ankle injury, limited most of the week, but full practice today. Uh, Andre Islavis. Iosevis. Iosevis. There we go. Wide receiver yes. with a knee injury, limited early in the week, full participation the second half of the week. And then you have Trenton Irwin, wide receiver uh, with a hip injury, Cameron Sample, a defensive end with a knee injury, and Jonah Williams, the other offensive tackle with a shoulder injury, all fully participated all week, but all are just listed on that uh, injury report. More than likely expect all of them to play. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot of big, big, <laughs> big names on their team, too. Obviously, when you look uh, right, out the bat, right off the bat with Joe Burrow, Jake Browning going to be getting the start here. So, uh Hopefully get some sacks, get some pressures, get some interceptions, and get a win against the gosh darn Bengals. Yeah, and honestly, one of the biggest ones uh, to T. Higgins because uh, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase puts you in a situation of who do you focus on. Uh, with T. Higgins out, you don't have that second blazer. I mean, uh, Tyler Boyd is one of the other starting wide receivers listed for them. Uh, we're going to get into their depth chart now as we're transitioning here. Uh, but Jamar Chase, obviously a monster with T. Higgins out. Tyler Boyd is probably going to take over that number two position. Trent Irwin gets a lot of playing time for them. And then Andre Yosevitz, the backup to him. Charlie Jones, the other wide receiver on the squad. It's a very banged up wide receiver core. Uh, so the only guys that seem to be 100% healthy are Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and Charlie Jones. The rest of them seem to be trying to play through an injury or going to miss due to injury. Um, it sounds like Joey Porter Jr. is hoping to be locked up one-on-one -on, -one on Jamar Chase. Yeah. Uh, so if that happens, I like it. It gives you a better opportunity. Tyler Boyd, not the speed demon that T. Higgins is. Uh, Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace might be able to hang with him. Yeah. So I think um, that's a favorable matchup there. Name to watch out for is that Andre Yosefis, though. He has four receptions on the year, two of them going for touchdowns. Yeah. And and I want to say that Charlie Jones is a rookie wide receiver, I think. Maybe he was even the Purdue kid. I want to say he was a track dude and he was real fast. He is a rookie wide receiver uh, from so, Purdue with one catch on the year for six yards. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think he's been used at all yet. Uh, but he might get a little burn this week, and I believe he was real fast. I believe. Uh, so might be something to look out for there. Quarterback Jake Browning. Uh, we all know Jake Browning. No, no one really knows Jake Browning. Uh, very little experience in the NFL right now. Uh, started last week and played half of the week before. So um, very little tape out there on Jake Browning. I would expect this to be a similar approach as to what Cleveland had last week with lots of short slants, outs, hooks, stuff that doesn't go more than 10 yards and the ball to be being released very quickly every play. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mixon, the starting running back, 
uh, with Travion Williams and Chris Evans backing him up. Uh, so running back group kind of deep and seemingly healthy as well. Uh, tight end room, Irv Smith Jr., the starter with Drew Sample backing him up. Uh, so some talent there. On the offensive line, we've got Orlando Brown Jr., tackle. Left guard, Cordell Volson. The center, Ted Karras. Right guard, Alex Kappa. And right offensive tackle, Jonah Williams. Yes, Jonah Williams, that was originally tackle. Uh, kind of stunk the joint up, then went out and got Orlando Brown Jr. And then he said, I'm not playing right tackle. And, well, now he's playing right tackle. Uh, so if he's one-on-one with TJ, this is absolutely a matchup that TJ can dominate. Yeah. Um, and to go back real quick, just to touch base, Charlie Jones, 4 4 3 40 at the Combine. That's fast. That yeah. is fast. That is fast. Uh, taking a leap over to the defensive side of the ball for the Bengals. Uh, they run a 4-3 defense, so their two defensive ends are Sam Hubbard and Trey Hedrickson. Again, Sam Hubbard is listed on that injury report. Uh, with an ankle injury, so be curious to see what happens there. Um, they also have DJ Reader listed as an injury, DJ Reader being their nose tackle, uh, and BJ Hill being the other defensive tackle in that fourth three front. Uh, linebackers on this team are very good. Logan Wilson has actually been almost directly responsible for taking out the Ravens this year. Uh, he was the one that injured um, Odell Beckham Jr. He was the one that injured Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's, he's just been tackling guys and rolling up on their ankles consistently. And uh, just, he's a big hitter, big hitter linebacker for sure. Uh, Jermaine Pratt, another linebacker listed on that um, injury injury list for them. Akeem, David, Akeem Davis Gaither listed as a backup there, but he oftentimes gets a starting role or at least a starting role depending on their uh, formation. And then you have the, say, the secondary room. Very familiar name here, Mike Hilton, their nickel cornerback. Mike Hilton being uh, the former Pittsburgh Steeler, who honestly I wish we could have kept. Didn't happen. He went to Cincinnati and has been tormenting us with blitzes ever since. I believe he even had a pick last year, if I'm not mistaken, or last game. I think he did, yeah. It was one of the two. Last yeah. um, Cam Taylor Britt, the cornerback who is on the injury list. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he's listed as out. He is, so he will not be playing. Um DJ Ivy backing him up. DJ Ivy is, I believe, um, a rookie. Yep, 6'1", 192 from Miami. No stats listed on the year yet. There's a chance he gets the start here. Chidobe Awuzie, the other starting corner, uh, very capable corner. He had a short time with Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Am I wrong? He's been somewhere else, I believe. I so you might, might be been, right. It might be I mean, Dallas. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, their safety room is still very, very uh, capable. Nick Scott, safety, Dax Hill. Uh, Jordan Battle being a guy that we talked about coming out of the draft uh, that Pittsburgh, we wanted Pittsburgh to kind of take a look at from last year's draft. Didn't happen. That's okay. Um, but their safeties are very good. Dax Hill being the best of the two. Who did they lose again? Who was the safety they lost? They lost both of them. Both starters left. Bell and... Um, the other one was the guy that got all the interceptions. I think he went to the Saints. Yeah, I don't um, remember his name. Yeah, I forget his name, but it's a pretty big downgrade from those two. Yep. Dax Hill's got a nice resume as far as a high draft pick out of Michigan. Uh, Dax was the guy, if you remember George Pickens' rookie year, there was highlight of him taking a Michigan defender in yeah. that Michigan versus Georgia game Destroying and him. basically just tossing him while blocking him, just shoving him, and he went flying backwards. 
that was Dax Hill. Dax Hill is like a 192-pound safety. So not a big guy by any means. And definitely somebody that George Pickens would be looking forward to playing against again. Uh, on top of that, the edge rushers here, Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, have a habit of being pretty good. They also have a habit of really kind of tormenting the Steelers' offensive tackles. Yeah. Uh, so very important that we get some better pass blocking out of those gentlemen uh, in this week here with Broderick Jones continuing to start on the right side, Dan Moore continuing to start on the left side. Got to see better out of Dan Moore, or it'll be a long day for Kenny once again. Yeah. Uh, special teams punter Brad Robbins, kicker Evan McPherson, long snapper Cal Admodulus. Admodulus? Sure. Sure. Uh, <laughs> the holders, the punter, per usual, Brad Robbins. Uh, punt returners, Charlie Jones. No shocker there. The speedy guy running the 4-4-3. And then Tra- Travion. Uh, Williams is their kick returner. I believe he has a pretty big kick returner this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm. uh, no, I'm wrong. He only has 59. Must have been in your Madden franchise. No, stop. No, I, it's not listed here. <laughs> he could. He could. It doesn't have his kick return stats this year. Um, but again, special teams can can make or break you, especially in some of these uh, these divisional games. So be on the lookout for those guys getting big returns or hopefully forcing some turnovers for Pittsburgh running against them and the coverage team. So, yeah, I mean, that was devastating for Pittsburgh last week versus the Browns. Mm-hmm. The last two possessions were the worst two punts of the entire day for Presley Harvin. The third with one of them only being like 21 yards. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, got to be able to flip the field when you do punt the ball. And if your return man's dangerous, that is definitely an edge. Uh, so let's move on to the three keys to success, Cody. Let's do uh, it. I can go first if you're all right with it. I mean, you can go first. That's fine. One of mine is not win the turnover battle this week. So, <laughs> yeah, since we lost it last weekend, lost the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not going to talk about it. <laughs> um, or I should say we won the turnover battle last week, but lost yes, the game. Yes, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my first key to success this week against the Cincinnati Bengals is three offensive touchdowns. That doesn't really sound like a big request. Uh, but for this season, it has been a big request to get three offensive touchdowns. That hasn't I happened. I think they've only correct. done it. No, they have. I think it once. happened one time, and, it was with and they two were rushing all rushing touchdowns. touchdowns. I thought it was with two and one passing. It might have been one passing. I know both the running backs got one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think if you can get three touchdowns against the Cincinnati Bengals, 21 points would be enough to beat them. Uh, so. That's why I'm calling for three offensive touchdowns. Let's not rely on the defense to do it for us. Let's get this offense rolling. Number two key, defensive line, put your hands up and deflect the pass. I believe that Jake Browning's attack this week will be very similar to what we saw from Dorian Thompson Robinson last week from the Cleveland Browns, which is throw the ball and get it out in two seconds or less anytime you're throwing the ball. Uh, very quick passes look for lots of short slants lots of quick outs lots of hook patterns lots of wide receiver and running back screens they're not going to have him sit back there and camp out and just let our pass rushers get after him the ball's coming out quick and if it's coming out quick your best weapon against it is getting your hands up at the front Uh, so very important that those men up front do that for us this week Uh, third and final key to success I want to see both middle linebackers contribute. And if there's a three-man rotation, then 
assume all three of them. I don't want to see this week be 14 tackles for Landon Roberts and then the other guy only get two assists and not not get anything else. No tackles, no forced fumbles, no deflected passes, no interceptions, nothing. Can't have that again. We've got to have a better balance between the middle linebackers with both of them that are on the field at the same time contributing. If it's a rotation of three, I want to see all of them getting at least three to five tackles. Yeah. I love those three keys to success, especially the middle linebackers getting involved in those hands up and up front in the front on the defensive front side. Drove me that. nuts last week, bro. It was rough. It drove me nuts. It was rough. <laughs> Not right. a single deflection. Mine are going to be very similar to your first one in the sense that they're very specific keys to success. Uh, key to success number one, have an average drive time of at least three minutes. Too many of our drives are ending in a minute and a half, two minutes because of attempting to throw the ball in these stupid, you know, flat zones where they're getting dropped or Deontay's dropping balls down the field or whatever. Have sustained drives, average over three minutes, sustained drive. That's not even a sustained drive, quite frankly. It's really honestly five minutes or more, but I just want to see that improvement. Number two, Kenny Pickett have zero interceptions again. Control the turnover battle. I'm not saying win the turnover battle. That's not my goal. Zero <laughs> interceptions for Kenny Pickett. I want to see that continue. I do want to see the touchdown passes, but in a divisional game like this, I'm don't turn it over. Don't turn it over. Just don't do it. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, I want four sacks from the defensive side of the ball. I don't care where it comes from. I don't care if it's Shannon <laughs> Sullivan coming on a corner blitz. I don't care if Please it's do. I don't care if it's Minka Fitzpatrick coming from the sidelines because he's hurt. I don't care where they come from. Just come get the sacks. Um, I would love to see T.J. Watt, Nick Herbig, Keanu Benton, and Alex Highsmith all get one. Uh, you know, throw a little cam in there. Maybe he gets a half sack. I don't know. Uh, but four sacks on the this rookie quarterback and get him riled up, get the pressures, get the hits to the quarterback, and uh, for an extra goal, have no roughing the passer penalties. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, but those are my three keys to success. Make sure you guys share yours with us online. Uh, we'll be happy to talk about them as long as they were posted before the game. And uh, we're just excited for this game. Uh, excited for the things after post-Canada. Post-Canada. And haters... As you see it on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, silence, silence, I kill you, I kill you. Uh, with that being said, this is going to wrap up this show. We can't thank you guys enough for watching or listening and be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. James is going to go enjoy some Penn State football. I'm going to go enjoy some high school Princeton football down here in West Virginia. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody signing off. Peace.